see, I, I think I'm offering the insightful commentary and the humor. So what am I here for? The color? They've been the all day, but so it's fun. They have each other's bags, and today is finally done. In a world setting in a Georgia town. On a show about libraries and visual sound. In the stacks of libraries, where it always starts. The stacks so much more than either of them thought. It's Thursday for mayhem, it's Thursday for fun. In the stacks with Barry and the Goya, it's second to none. Hello. Hello. Your stuff is so loud. Is it? When you're like typing, it's <laughs> so oh, yeah. Well, that's because I was writing on my novel, you know. Mm, well, you got to stop that now. It's time for the show. Yeah. Go ahead and close your thought. Get to a stopping point. No, I just stop in the middle of the sentence. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember where I am. Next time I'll, I'll say, oh, yeah, I was in the middle of the sentence. Finish sentence. That's weird. Like, I would think you would finish the thought and conclude whatever the sentence is before wrapping up. No, not like, really. Because, I mean, I always, I always know when I sit down to write, generally I know what I'm going to write. Okay. Thinking about it. Hmm. So it doesn't matter where I stop. I mean, I'm going to pick up where I was. Okay, yeah. We, I think we both go at it a, a different way. I can't. I have to stop the thought. I can't just stop midway in a sentence and then come back to it. Because my, my then thoughts never stop. Whatever. Yeah, well Sometimes the problem is is curse. that <laughs> Well, I mean like cuz I want to make sure I finish that train of thought because if I go off and do something else, I may forget what it was I was writing and do uh, something yeah. completely different. So I never really worry about that. People are always like, "Do you so do you write down your ideas when they come to you?" And I'm like, "No." I do. How do you remember them? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Important, <laughs> I'll remember it. So, I mean, I scribble them down on occasion if I have the intention of writing, you know, something. Like if it's going to be – I'll sometimes think of the the subject line of a blog or, you know, or the title, whatever. And I'll scribble that kind of stuff down so that maybe when I'm uh, – at a shortage of ideas, I can just look and see, oh, okay, at one point I had intended to write about this. So I do sometimes jot them down, but not all the time. Mm. So we doing this? Yeah, I guess. All right. Gone is your week. Is it my week? Yeah. I can't remember, is it? Let's see here. Yep, Barry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another fantabulous episode of In the Stacks with Barry and Latoya. Yeah, didn't did you see how I like raised up the energy level? Yeah, I was I was wondering about that. That that would burn the rest of the units of energy that I have for the day if I done yeah. it like that. So, so yeah. That's so, cool. so we didn't do an episode last week. No, we did not, and I didn't give you a hard time about it. Because I get it. Um, I made the note in my uh, show notes for today that depression hurts. So I think it's interesting. So the last time we recorded was when we, you and I were in the same place together, which was a huge deal. And yeah, I know, and it was so disturbing. That th it yes. Th then, I, <laughs> then, that, then like the day after that, my mood went to shit. And I was in this really funky depression for several days 
Um, and I think once mine passed, yours started. Um, so I think I, when it, when it, when the mood hit me, I think you'd pointed out that, you know, maybe it was because, you know, obviously I'd come down there and it kind of, you know, um, a lot of old memories came back of having been down there. And I think that that was in fact the case because before I'd go, uh, down to Milledgeville and just get my oil change and come back. But this was the first time I actually did something in Milledgeville since leaving. So it was, it did feel a bit weird there's a part of me that's like you know how dare they move on with us <laughs> not being there but yeah. um so yeah it was difficult i also um being the masochist that i am during that period was having some um issues as far as bringing back up evil voldemort uh, but i am very happy to report that i'm completely done with that um, the last Again. time I had any communication, nope. The last time I had any communica <laughs> communication with him was in, um, was on Valentine's Day, and it was my like my fault because I mean I had sent him a message, but um, after that exchange and just, I mean because you know I told you well you gave me your opinion, Kay gave me his opinion, and and you know you guys have said the same thing the whole time, but I did in fact. Um, completely delete that person from my phone. Um, I deleted the text thread that I still had. I deleted the contacts. So of course, with the iPhone, unfortunately, it the number is still listed in my blocked contacts. Right. I don't have it in my um, my address book. I blocked him on um, Skype. And on my, so yeah, Skype, my phone and WhatsApp. And with WhatsApp, now, I deleted the thread that I had as well. Now, so. do you, do you have his number memorized? No, no. All right. Um, so his number is now, only the, like if I see it pop up on a phone, I know it's him calling kind of right. thing. So what but you need to do is immediately block like six more people. <laughs> that way his number is not at the, at the bottom, right? Yeah. And then when you go to look for it later, you're not sure exactly which one it is. But I'm always going to know what that number looks like, but I've deliberately yeah, see, I not memorized the number. So yeah, if I see it, I know it, but, yeah, but if as I time goes it. by, you might not recognize it as well. So trust me. <laughs> like, no, you really, you're going to give me advice then, on this. No, that, that, I'm, me... I'm, giving, I'm giving you advice because I have, I have done the same thing. Yeah, but you're just as bad as so, I am. Like, oh, I'm, I'm done, you. and then, you know. That's what I'm telling you. You don't want to leave it as the bottom number because then it's too easy to unblock. <laughs> well, the, here's the thing. The only other option is to, like, just delete, not even block the number so I don't even see it. But then if he tries to reach out, then I'll, you know, it'll hit the phone. So I think right now with yeah, it being you definitely want to numbers, it's fine. Huh? Yeah, you definitely want it blocked. Yes. Um, although if he ever were to leave you a message, you know, it still shows up under delete. I think it's like um, under your, your deleted messages. There's like one there. It's like block numbers. Oh, I never look. I, I didn't even know that existed. Thanks, yeah. Gary. <laughs> so if somebody who you have blocked leaves you a voicemail. Yeah. It won't alert you that you've got a voicemail. But the next time you go to look at your voicemails, you'll see that there's a, an extra folder. It's only there when you have a blocked voicemail. And well, I did not know that. And so if you click, if you open it, then yeah, you'll hear the voicemail they left you. And once you delete it, that folder goes away until the next time you get one. Well, see, and that's, that's just terrible on your part for even telling me that. Cause I had no clue. Um, 
No. Well, I'm just telling you, if you get one, just swipe it and don't open it like I always do. What, you always open it or you always swipe it? No, I've always opened it. So don't do that. Just <laughs> swipe it. So, yes, I am. So I'm feeling really good about it as far as because in truth, I'm not going to be all like a wuss about it. I was the one who had contacted him. And, I, you know, I've talked to you about it, obviously. But um, it wasn't it, it wasn't like I ever with when, when I did, it wasn't that I was asking him for anything or whatever. It was just me feeling like I still had something to say. And so then he finally got around to responding back to me and was pretty much a dick um and that was like okay cool this this is really good so um my hubby i basically told him yeah i told him everything that was going on anyway because you know i tell Kay the stuff even if he doesn't really care um when i did tell him he did get like pissed off about it but um you know he was he 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 told me that he he um loves me more than he ever could so so I'm like, okay, that makes me feel better. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, well, I mean, I said it for him. Like, I asked him if that oh, was the case. <laughs> I asked him if that was the case. Because um, I'm like, you know, I told him part of it is that I was getting just really, really depressed. And Kay's always like, oh, you need to get friends and stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't need extra friends. I don't have the time for all that stuff. Um, right. I said, I just need you know, I said, I, I didn't anticipate our life being like this. I didn't, you know, after having been married to someone who was in the military and stuff, I didn't think I'd be in kind of that similar type of position where it could be where like he could be gone for, you know, a month or whatever. Um, so I said, I don't, it'd be one thing if I was single and, you know, that would be one thing, but being married and then not having the sp my spouse, um, you know, around is it it sucks you know so um you know he says he's gonna he's gonna try and to, you know be more attentive and stuff because i'm like that's part of the issue is like we talk every day we talk like a couple times a day but it's it's just you know it's kind of on the surface type stuff you know right. nothing like really deep or whatever until i get to the point where i'm stressed out and then i decide to talk to him and get frustrated because he's probably on facebook while he's talking to me and anyway so so yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, our, our marriage is not perfect by any means, but you know, I do adore him. It's kind of like the whole Jessica Rabbit thing, but um, I do adore him and um, you know, it's good to know that he's, he's got my back, so. Mm. But yeah, so depression totally hurts. It's not cool. So let's talk about your depression. What happened? Uh, I don't remember if anything set me off. Um, I was just very depressed. It was because I was depressed and then it passed on to you. There you go. Yeah. Your, your best friend was hurting. So then you started to hurt. <laughs> yeah. But you know, some, some days have been better than other days. Um, most of today was okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't feel I know last week you were like, I mean, it was just like, yeah, I'm not doing the show. It's like, okay. And I mean, I knew obviously because the days before I had felt like, you know, if the show, if we were supposed to have recorded the show anytime prior to that, I would have probably just been like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> so, so yeah, I get it. Um, obviously for those who, whether you know or not, both Barry and I suffer from depression. I've had um, depression issues since my um, early 20s. So 
uh, it, I think the the actual severe depression kicked in when I was going through my my divorce. So ever since then, I've basically been on on uh, antidepressants. And then every time I've come off, I'm like, yeah, no, I can maybe go a couple months sometimes without them. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, no, I need to be put back on them. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, I have not even thought about coming off of that. Well, no, some people are like, some people feel like, oh, you know, they're like, when they take the medications, it's it's kind of like they're numbed or there's a cloud. And I'm like, right. no, for me, it just, it, it takes the edge off. Like, I wish I could just get like, I could take some Percocet every day or something. But I'm like, if since I can't, since it's addictive or whatever, I'm okay <laughs> with taking the antidepressants. Because Honest to God, if I was not taking them, I probably wouldn't be here. Um, yeah. If I did not take my medication. Well, looking at my uh, my little tracker mm-hmm. in January, let's see. I think about seventy two percent of the month I was either okay or good. So that's oh bad. yeah, you do your daily tracker thing, yeah. Yeah. Now this month actually says seventy eight percent of the month I've been either okay or good. But uh, 13%, I've been not good. Huh. 13% bad. And 2.6%, very good. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the name of the, the um, app you use to track your mood? I use Sanvelo. Sanvelo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My, uh, my most frequent uh, mood thing for, yeah, it has like a word cloud. Mm-hmm. The words I've used most this month are anxious uh let's see anxious annoyed afraid ashamed and scared are my most used words this month huh now last month it was oh anxious <laughs> annoyed, <laughs> feel anxious a lot scared sleepy and uh, <laughs> were my uh my big words in january so. so you said it's called san what san velo okay S-A- V-E-L-L-O. Um, All right, I'm looking it up right now. So it's in Velo for stress and... Um, yeah. And I use just the free version. They have, you know, one where you can pay and you can actually talk to, you know, live. Oh, gosh, no. Through the app and all that kind of stuff. Because, yeah, I'm like that with my sleep app on my watch. Um, it, mm-hmm. They offer a paid version, but I'm like, I don't need those reports, and, like the extra, extra level of reports and stuff. I like right. to just track it and, you know, like every day it pops up and asks me how fatigued am I, I am and did I, did I feel, do I feel restful or whatever. And so that's more than enough. And I can track, you know, the trends on it, but mm-hmm. I'm not paying for the extra deep dive into stuff. But I was yeah. just curious about the app you use because I I <laughs> I have had this app for years, um, this like period tracker app. And even though I I had a hysterectomy in 2013, I still have it because one of like the secondary things is that you can track your like um, your sexual activity. Um, so even though I do not use it to track a period anymore, since I've not had that for years. Every, you know, every literal blue moon when I actually get to have sex, mm-hmm. <laughs> when we're done, I roll over, grab my phone and mark it. And then, you know, and then I'm, like, I'm like, okay, Kenrick like hates it. He, he's like, that's just, he's like, that's just weird, Latoya. That's not normal. I'm like, um, well, if I was having sex like frequently, 
I, I get it. Maybe it wouldn't be normal. Mm -hmm. But since it's months that pass along before I have any intimate intimacy, then hell yeah, I'm going to track it so that I can be like, look, dude, we haven't done it in four months. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So now, do you track like masturbation too? God, no, it's enough for me to just track that. Like in okay. the app, it's like, you know, you can track obviously your period, your sexual activity, and then whether or not you were, um, if it was unprotected or protected sex. So, okay. right. but I just think it's, I mean, I, again, I've used it for years. I just think it's interesting that I still use it or still have it because the primary, you know, driver of it is the fact that it's a period tracker. So, gotcha. so yeah. And I think you can track your mood in there. Well, see, that's what um, I was wondering. If, if, if you were doing it just to like see if like the sexual activity had any connection to your mood, you would probably want to track like masturbation. Well, no, I mean, I know like if once we have sex, I'm good for a good couple of days, like my mood is decent, you know, because yeah. I'm like, we need to have more sex for me to have a constantly, you know, upbeat mood. But um, yeah, no, you can. So I'm looking at my app right now. So you can track your period, your fertility, ovulation, and then when you're intimate. And then you can, one of like the tabs on like on the calendar is that you can track your mood and it gives you a whole bunch of, you know, kind of like yours where it's like you can have angry and anxious and insecure and lethargic. Um, mm. But I'm like, I, I since I, I didn't really see the point of just having that for, you know, I don't know. I just wasn't used. I don't use it every day. So, yeah. so I just downloaded yours, even though I swear I could have simply <laughs> just used this app, but I'll try it out. Yeah. Let's see. I, I mean, you know, it's the only one I've used. Um, so, but I've used it for a few years. It does what I need it to do. Well, I'm going to use it partly because if I use the period tracker app, it's just going to remind me of not having sex. So I, yeah, yeah. it needs to just be a single use app. And if that's all I'm tracking in there, then that's cool. But I'll and use you, one that's devoted to. to if you go to the website, sandvelo.com, you can get, you know, more information about your moods and it'll show it on a big screen. I don't, I don't need to know all that. <laughs> I, I just like what you're saying with, you know, knowing the trends and stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. So I spent most of January angry. Okay. Yeah. So, so, is, so in order to really get a good look at it, you need to go to the website. Um, because in the app, you'll be able to see like your chart every mm -hmm. day. But it doesn't like show you like, oh, 22% of the time you said you were okay. Oh, so you, I'm assuming that's what you would have to pay for in the app. No, but you get it huh. free, but it's on the, the, the website. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Courtney Love, I believe, killed Kurt Cobain. Yeah, uh, I saw that. And I was <clears> like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you ha are not familiar with it, there have been people for many years that have suspected Kurt Cobain didn't actually commit suicide. Now, it's very easy to believe that he did because the man had all kinds of problems and was right. a drug user and all kinds of stuff, right? Exactly. But, um, so yesterday and today, I was listening to two, of my, two episodes of one of my favorite podcasts, which is uh, Conspiracies. And, uh, and it was the episodes about Kurt Cobain. So when you say your two favorite podcasts, the other one's ours, right? I say it's one of my favorite podcasts. Okay. I thought you said two of your, okay. One of your two favorite podcasts. It's not one of my two favorite podcasts. It's one <laughs> favorite podcast okay. anyway uh so there's a whole bunch of reasons i'm not going to go into the whole thing but courtney love definitely killed him and oh my gosh the, no 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 the biggest things i'm just going to lay out for you the cool yeah i need i need the facts 
all right, that really convinced me here, all right? First of all, they were having marital problems at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Not um, a surprise. Friends, several of their friends were talking about, they were, they were talking about getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. Courtney Love had told her, her, um, her, their assistant, the person who like did all their stuff for right, them, right. you know, to get me the, you know, most hard-assed, you know, divorce lawyer possible, right? Mm-hmm. And Kurt Cobain had told their, uh, their single person to um, have the will, his uh, will changed to take Courtney out of it, mm-hmm. right? And so Kurt's will had been changed, but he hadn't yet signed it. Oh, jeez. Right? So if he, since he died before the new one was signed, the old one was still in effect. Right, exactly. Everything was given to Courtney, right? All right, so about a week before Kurt's suicide, mm-hmm. the police were called by Courtney who told them that her husband was locked in, you know, a room in the house with a gun and was threatening to kill himself. So the police show up, they knock on the door, Kurt opens it, lets him in. Mm-hmm. Police don't see any guns. Right. And, you know, it turns out, and, and Courtney admitted it, that he would not, you know, allow her in the room. And so she called the police, <laughs> said that mm-hmm. he, he was threatening to kill himself. Right. So the police left. Um, so when Kurt, Kurt and Courtney were in Italy together and Kurt flies back to Seattle, right? And over the next couple of days, he's spotted several times around town by people like, you know, the Nirvana manager and several, Mm -hmm. no one. And several of them said that he was with an unfamiliar woman, right? Um, so Courtney when she comes back from Italy, can't find Kurt. Okay. This is, this is what she says. But she checks and sees that his credit card has been used all over town, right? Mm-hmm. So she calls up this um, private eye, says, I want you to find where my husband is. She says, you know, I want you to, um, you know, basically stake out any place that's a property that we own together. Mm-hmm well as the property of this woman who was a, a known drug dealer. Okay. Right? Because Courtney thought that maybe Kurt and her were hooking up. Right. Mm-hmm. Now Courtney did not tell the private eye that the last person who had seen Kurt was their nanny. Right. Mm-hmm. Who had seen him at their house. Okay. All right. She didn't tell the pri- private eye this, even though you think it would be something makes sense because you'd think maybe he would, you know, want to look around there to see if he could find any evidence about where Kurt may have gone, whatever. Mm-hmm. She didn't mention that to him. That's important. All right. So the private eye then, you know, goes around, looks everywhere, can't find any trace of Kurt. Right. So s- three days after she hires him, right, mm-hmm. tells him, she says, you know, you know, maybe you should look, you know, around the house because I think, you know, Kurt was last seen here, right? The private eye was like, oh, you should tell me that three days ago. But, but why would you need the, the private eye to look around the house that you're occupying? Well, because he's like a former police officer, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, though, like, if you right. were that concerned about your loved one or whatever, right. the first place you would make sure they're not is the house. You would think. Right. But I mean, I okay. know that wait, 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 again. Wait. This was the '90s, and people yeah. were doing all sorts of stuff with drugs. And but all go right, ahead. So the weird stuff's going to be coming up. 
Okay. <laughs> she then tells the private eye that she has filed a missing persons report for him, right? Because the private eye told her, you know, you need to contact the police. You know, I'll keep looking too, but you need to let the police know, right? So when she files the missing persons report, she pretends to be Kurt's mother. Why? Um, we don't know. Okay, yeah, because why would you need to? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So the, the private eye looks around the house and says, you know, I don't see anything that's like a clue around here, right? And um, so he leaves, right? And but before he leaves, though, he asks her, you know, is there any place, you know, here that I, you know, may have overlooked? She says no. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he leaves. The next day, somebody comes over to do some electrical repair work. And he has to do some stuff up on the roof, right? Okay. Up on the roof, he, he notices that there's a, a couple windows that's up there that looks into basically a room that's above the garage. Okay. Right? So he looks in there and he sees a guy laying on the floor who looks like he's surrounded in blood. Right? Okay. So he calls the cops, right? Mm-hmm. And the cops, you know, get there. And this, this room only is accessible through the house, right? There's no exterior entrance. So okay. you have to be in the house in order to enter this room, right? And Courtney had not mentioned it to the private eye. So the private eye did not know the room was even there, right? So <laughs> okay. the police come, right? And they break into this room and they find Kurt Cobain dead, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, obviously it's a suicide, right? But there's several things weird here. There's the thing about the will, right? Which could be just poor timing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the fact that Courtney called the police like a week before, almost as if she was trying to lay the groundwork for Kurt being suicidal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that she hired a private eye, who now, by the way, is one of the leading proponents of the theory that Courtney killed Kurt, right? The private eye says that he's convinced, he says she was acting strange the whole time, and that he's convinced she hired him to help build up her own alibi. As if, you know, why would I have hired a private eye if I mm-hmm. the man, right? And the fact that she didn't mention to him that there was this hidden room above the garage that Kurt often spent time in, right? That for all these days that when Courtney was there, so concerned about Kurt, she never looked in that room. Okay. I, I mean, I could see how circumstantial, there's enough circumstantial evidence to, to, yeah. Plus, Courtney is a bitch. <laughs> you act like you know her. You listen to these two episodes, and then you tell me what you think. <laughs> this one about uh, Brittany, and you never listened to it. No, I haven't. I haven't yeah. yet. It it is on my list of um podcast stuff though. So uh school stuff. I just signed my uh contract for next year. Um, oh, okay. So they invited you back. They did. <laughs> um it's all about via email these days. So I get an email saying, you know, uh the HR department has sent you something to sign and then there's a little letter in there, you know, we're co- congratulations. We're offering you, you know, a position next year. And, and then, you know, you electronically initial and sign it. And uh, so, yep, I should be back next year. So I'm assuming everything's the same. It's not like you're getting any raise or whatever. Well, we got a $3,000 raise this year. Um, and we're supposed to be getting another $2,000 raise 
but now the you know the state is all of a sudden saying well you know, I don't know if mm, of course you know so we're supposed to be contacting our congressmen and so forth ah okay today i was in um dublin, uh, dublin oh, okay Georgia, not dublin cool place right um and i uh, went to a little conference and it was pretty good uh but in the first morning session i was the only one from my group that went to this uh writing kind of workshop thing mm-hmm. and so we had a bunch of different things we had to write uh we were only given like five minutes each to do it right so do you want to hear the first one i wrote today sure it's kind of sad. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> the topic was leaving. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was the whole topic. I had moved out long before I truly left. A part of me had remained behind in the house that I had picked out for our family, still there with my son and my dog. It wasn't until six months after she helped me load up my belongings that I was truly gone. A few days before Christmas, I picked up my son, and there, above the fireplace, were stockings labeled Mommy, Julian, Granny, even the one begrudgingly shared by the dog and the cats. But gone was the one labeled Daddy. I was no longer part of the family unit. I was discarded at the bottom of a box with the broken ornaments and the tattered tinsel. That's deep. That's tight. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I do. When I, shared, when I shared it during the the, the writer circle. Everybody's like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but no, it's. I, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. 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 I did that in five minutes. Not bad. Um, but then I, at the end of the writer circle, I say, "Can I read another one?" You know, just so not everybody thinks you know I'm just all depressing and stuff. So yeah. Right after that, but yeah. So. That's cool. So, I mean, like, since the divorce or anything like that, have you, like, journaled or anything, or you just don't? No. No, I don't journal. I'm too busy writing damn novels. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, 911, Lone Star. Continue to watch this thing. I don't even, I just can't even. So. (sighs) <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I mean, every time you talk about this, there's always like this long pause and well, blah just, blah blah. I don't know, I don't know what the, what the fuck is supposed to be. But if this show was in the '70s, mm-hmm. right, it would be about the these guys rescuing people from like terrible events, right? The mm-hmm. the the heart of the show would probably be like a 20 minute rescue from a burning building or something, right? Oh, hell no. They wrap all that stuff in like two damn minutes. Right. Yeah. You always say the like the really cool stuff happens at the very beginning and then the yeah. rest of the episode is all the stuff that you don't really care about. Yeah. The, the, like last night, it was a great one. You know, the thing at the beginning, I'm like, hell, this is awesome. And then it's over. Right. And then the rest of the episode is about like, you know, this guy who can't get his dick up. Right. Um, so, <laughs> was that really what the episode was about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because. Oh, okay. um, uh, Rob Lowe, his character is undergoing chemo. Okay. And so somebody mentions at the very beginning, oh, you know, it can really knock out the old little soldier, right? And um, have you ever heard of Chekhov's gun? Mm-hmm. You have? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So good. Um, so for the folks who don't know what it is, right, Chekhov's gun is that if you introduce a gun in the first scene, somebody needs to do something with the gun later on, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, it's pointless. 
So as soon as I was sitting there watching, I'm like, oh my God, it's Chekhov's dick. <laughs> it would not have mentioned the line, except I knew, okay, this is going to come up, right? Right, right. Although Rob it Lowe, won't be really coming up, but okay. Exactly, yeah. So Rob Lowe meets this really super hot girl, and, you know, as would happen on TV, they go back to his place, and there he's, like, you know, picking her up and pushing her against the wall and that kind of stuff, and they fall over on the bed, and then it cuts to you know, her getting dressed and him saying, and her going, it's okay. It happens. And he's like, yeah. never to me. right. Never to me. Right. And then he's feeling, you know, all emasculated because mm -hmm. it won't work. Right. And, um, and it's, it's basically all about that. Right. And then also it's like this, this show was like put together by the people who created like Captain Planet. <laughs> What I mean by that is like, you know, oh, oh, here's the Asian kid. Right, right. The black kid. Here's the, I don't know, the... You, the, you have your various really tokens. Confused yeah. kid, right? Yeah. yeah all this stuff, right? Um, so like on this show, there's a white guy, right, who has a black wife. That's mm -hmm. cool, right? Um, then there's a really butch black guy who's actually uh, was a woman, but who is now trans and is, is now a man, Right. Um, there's a gay guy, right? There's a woman. But is, so is the gay guy Asian or? Is he nope. Just... He's white. Okay. All right. I know. They missed an opportunity. Yeah. Was... <laughs> they, they have, they have like an Arab woman, right? Okay. Like, like the, the hijab thing all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, it's like every character is like, you know, has something about them to make them kind of unique. Oh, you know? so it's like a cornucopia of, of characters and they've tried yes. to put in they've tried to be so inclusive that it's just kind of a mess <laughs> it's just kind of like wow <laughs> the most diverse group of like eight friends I <laughs> it's like they're you trying know? too hard <laughs> yeah but uh you know it's, I, I don't know why i just keep watching it um i don't know how it's doing in the ratings um I, I keep being disturbed by Liv Tyler's face. Right. Um, which seems to get longer every episode. And <laughs> doesn't move. Still doesn't move. And uh, I don't know. There's just like all these subplots that I'm not sure are actually going anywhere. Um, like, you know, Liv Tyler's sister disappeared like two years ago and they think she's dead. And she's the only one who thinks that she might still be alive. So she's still looking for her. Um, and so there's like, you know, a mention of that in every episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. So, but you said I'm, this is like the real nine one one, right? No, it's not like the real nine one one. Real nine one one is far more interesting. Okay. Because I mean, again, I don't know why you subject yourself to a shitty show. I mean, you say every time it's not like it's a good show. You could no, basically watch the first couple minutes and then walk away because it's not going to get any better. It only goes downhill from there. Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like, you know, I've already started watching it now. I might as well finish the season. So back in the last week of January, uh, January 28th, it's saying that Lone Star scored a 1.0 in adults Ooh. 18 to 49. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, well, because that, that's more like CW good than it would be, you know, Fox good. You know, one of yeah. the major networks good. So... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I have, I still have zero desire to watch it. And I still think you should go back to watching the original 
And then right. once you're getting, once you're in the original and all, you know, up in it, then you'll let go of Lone Star. Well, I am thinking maybe once the season's over, then I'll go back to 911 and see how that oh, goes. Okay. Well, my hope is that the, the, the season continues to decline for you. And so when you <laughs> go and you watch 911 again, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, this, yes, this is what I should have been watching. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, so, tomorrow, starting tomorrow for a couple of weeks, I'll have T'Challa. Um, yeah. He'll be with me until the 1st of March. So. Well, that's cool, daddy-son time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, cool things are happening for him. They, uh, he's in the seventh grade, um, but they're going to do this thing next year where um, some eighth graders can play with the high school band. Okay. So they've invited him to do that. Um, and then today they all well, I thought he didn't want to do an instrument anymore. That was, that was like a couple of months ago. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> he's, he's changed his mind. But um, then they offered him the chance to, you know, to like clap out of some of his high school classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, to, to help his GPA, I don't think he should clap out of them. Um, I think that, you know, they are going to let him next year in eighth grade take some ninth grade classes. Okay. And I think he should just take classes early as opposed to skip. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, he'll, maybe he'll be able to graduate early or, um, at Baldwin, they, and I think they do this at Jones County too. They do this thing where a, a lot of our students, when they graduate, they graduate with a specialist degree. Um, oh, okay. okay. College classes while they were in high school. And so they get that two-year specialist degree. Um, or I guess, oh, well, so is it the actual degree or a certificate? Uh, they said it was a degree. Okay. Because I was just wondering, because, I mean, there is a distinction between the two. Obviously, two-year, you get your associates. But uh-huh. in some cases, it's a certificate and not the associate's degree. So, I don't yeah. Know. But, no, I mean, that's that's really awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I agree that he should when possible. I mean, like me, I think in theory would be like clep the hell out of whatever classes you can. But, you know, ultimately you have to have that socialization in as well. And you're going to have to deal with the people, the types of people you interact with in high school and college and all of that. So, um, so yeah, but that's so cool. I think, yeah, I mean, he should be able to graduate early, which would be nice. That way he can finish college early. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because if he decides to, I mean, I assume he's going to college. Um, yeah. But if he decided to, he could then, by finishing early, he could start on a master's early. Or depending on the program he, he does, I think they do, sometimes they have them where it's the dual. You're working on both the bachelor's and the master's at the same time. Right. So that's really cool. Yeah, I hate that he's growing up. I know, baby Jay. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying that obviously uh, Julian, or sorry, Chachala is going to be with you uh, coming up. And for me, my grandmother has been with me. So my entire immediate family went on their yearly cruise and they're gone this week um, on a seven night cruise. I have not been, the last time I went on a cruise was December of 2010. So it has been a decade since, or it will be a decade since I've been on a cruise. And it's, it, it 
kind of sucks, you know, because it's like everyone got to go. And, you know, my brother had offered to pay for me at one point. He was, you know, paying for me to go. And I'm like, you know, for one, he's my younger brother. Um, and I also am like, I shouldn't need to depend on my brother to be able to go on a cruise kind of thing. So um, I told him, you know, thanks, but no thanks. You know, I'm a grown ass adult, so I need to, you know, pay my way. Uh, but yeah, so because they are all on the cruise, my almost 90 year old grandmother off needed to somewhere to stay. So normally she would stay with one of her sons, uh, but that isn't didn't work out long story don't want to get into it so um now i am the de facto person for my grandmother to stay with and on the one hand it's really cool you know um again she's almost 90 she's fine with the exception of the fact that like her vision is mostly mostly gone mm -hmm. um and then she has those moments where you know when you get older, you start to revert to acting like a child when it comes to certain things. So it's like, you have to repeat stuff to her. And it's like, did not just tell you to not do X, Y, and Z, you know? And, yeah. um, and, but sometimes I think she does stuff just like on purpose for attention. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I was, it's, it's been interesting. Like, so for Valentine's day this year, uh, was the first time in several years that I could think of, that Kay and I actually got to do something on the day of. So that was the night he came in from, you know, having been on the road for like a month. And so he bobtailed it to the restaurant, <laughs> to our favorite special events restaurant uh, in Conyers. And I met him there. And so we had a nine o'clock seating for dinner at the French restaurant. And, um, and then the next day I, my grandmother came well the next night because my my family what they did is they basically um rented a vehicle and drove from saturday night um into sunday morning-ish for a couple hours and then i mean on they they got in a, a hotel and then um boarded the ship but yeah it's it's been a challenge because you know i'm like I often say I it's bad it's hard enough for me to keep up with me during the day as far as not eating <laughs> and all of that stuff that comes along with it. Um, so I've set reminders on my phone now because I have to give her eye drops several times a day. So um, I have it as a reminder instead of an alarm because the, my mom has like a whole bunch of alarms for for mama and they annoy the crap out of me. Like I have some real issues with noise sensitivity so mm -hmm. um like to the point where i when i go to sleep at night i wear earplugs i can't sleep without my earplugs in um because i need it to be quiet and like um for example with with k we'll be <laughs> if we'll be in the room watching tv and he could be on the phone and on his iPad, and I'm like, see that—that's too much noise. I'm like, that's just too much activity for me. So I'm like, you need to pick one. You know, I I can't have you talking on the phone and the TV going and you on Facebook or whatever at the same time. It doesn't. I, so anyway, right. yeah, I'm very I I'm very much a curmudgeon when it comes to that kind of stuff. But I think I I think it's maybe even cl clinical because noise really does. Um, impact me and and it it noise is the one thing that can quickly or the quick the quickest um as far as affecting my mood um can be related to noise 
So, I mean, I can go from a decent move to, move to a crap one in a, just a matter of minutes, depending on, you know, what sounds are around. So I've, yeah. you know, I have workarounds for that. So in my office, if for whatever reason, someone like a neighbor or something is being really, really loud, I do have earplugs in my office. I even carry earplugs with me in my purse. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I could still function like a normal person, um, whatever normal is. But yeah, I don't sound really does affect me. So. um, So, yeah. So it's been interesting being on a a schedule. um, And this week, since my mom is away, you know, and she works with me, I'm covering basically the shift that she normally does for one of my clients. The one client that I have where we have to like basically monitor their box from nine to five kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't do that with any of my other clients. Cause that, that's not what, that's not what I want to do. That's not my happy place. So, um, so yeah, this week I'm also waking up early. So um, I went to bed early last night, which was pretty cool. And um, you know, it's, it's always a surprise to me when I go to bed early. And then of course, you know, I get up at a, a, a decent hour, like I'll get my eight hours in and yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, that's what that feels like. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, well, I mean, you know, because normally, and so generally speaking, I don't go to bed until midnight or later. Um, my sweet spot seems to be somehow 2 a.m. is when I go to bed. Um, but then, too, I've adjusted my schedule during the days so that I don't, my alarm doesn't go off until 10 a.m. Because I'm not, I'm just, I'm not a morning person. If I, if I can avoid it, I'm not a morning person. Right. Um, but it was interesting being in the office today by nine o'clock. And then, you know, when it, when it became like 11 o'clock, which is the time that I actually get in the office, I was like, holy crap, there's been several hours <laughs> that has passed. And so by the end of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I've been working for, you know, X, Y, Z. So it's, it's, it's been an adjustment. It's been nice. I have been spending time with her, of course. I mean, she did, she did help raise me. Um, I will say though, that if I didn't already dislike Christian television, this would be the time that would completely just it's it's all right so what did she like watching like the little church things so you know back in the day there was you know like uh tbn which is i think it's trinity broadcast network or right and christian broadcast so now i think it's called sun sun life uh it's that's the the equivalent channel now and so it's like jimmy swaggart stuff 24 7 so my grandmother's also like I think that I get some of my me being quirky from her as well so she does not like to be in the dark very uh, like at all and she doesn't want to be left alone for very long even though you don't have to be with her she just you know like you just have to be in the same space with her um so we have the guest bedroom I prepared it, you know, for her to go sleep in it. She has not slept in there. She <laughs> has, she just wants, she just sleeps on the couch. She, she has the, we have the, like the hallway light on between the, basically the living room and her getting to the bathroom that stays on 24 seven. She sleeps on the couch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, 
and I have to be sure that lights are on at different like different times and I'm like you can't see anything anyway mama why do you need the lights on and then the tv has been on 24 7 with Jimmy Swaggart stuff and I did not <laughs> they were there have been times where they were doing a sheriff on or something recently and so mm-hmm. like people would call you know and so I say oh you it's pay for prayer that's <laughs> what it is really yeah yeah um and they were you know like people would put in requests or whatever and they're like you know they're they just want prayer for the president and and then our today i heard something like they were talking about how the democrats are not the democrats of you know their like their parents or their grandparents and like i mean it was it was so like fox news type of stuff i literally had to get up and say mama I'm not going to tell you to turn this off or whatever. I'm just going to close the door to my office. If you need anything, just call out to me or knock on the door. I said, I cannot listen to this for another minute. (laughs) Um, It was, it was, I mean, and the sad part is that this is the stuff that she listens to and takes as fact kind of thing. And I'm like, no. And so I was even listening to some of the preaching stuff and I was like, oh my God, this is insane. You know, it just, I, I, it yeah i i don't know i mean when in my youth i have fond memories of like us doing like a whole uh tent revive tent revival and stuff with my grandmother taking us in montego bay but you know i'm like now i'm like no absolutely not and i so i don't don't want sun life or any of those channels playing in my house if i can uh, you know if i can help it as well as fox news cuz you know i've banned fox news from the house so right. Kenrick can only like if he's going to listen on his ipad or do whatever i just i can't be in the room and you know he does even though he's like oh i just listened to it for the other side i'm like i don't need to know the other side if it's stupid <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> so, i'm like it just because i mean there's things that they say and do that just makes my skin boil and that you know it's like and people buy into it and i'm like oh my gosh it's like are you really paying attention to what they're saying yeah. So, yeah, I mean, because they were talking too about, you know, you know, what is it that, of course, being gay is not, you know, is a sin and blah blah blah. And I mean, it's just some of the things that they get away with saying. I'm like, that no, no. So it has. Well, that's been- like a uh, Mayor Pete, um, and I I never can say his last name. Buttigieg or whatever the hell it's. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I always I always mess it up, so I just call him Mayor Pete. Hmm. Um, it's like, you know, one of my coworkers was saying that, you know, he was, he's a big Mayor Pete Bob fan. And, um, and I said, you know, he's a little too centrist for me, you know, but he's okay. And uh, I said, I like, you know, he's a good speaker. I and, guess. I haven't been paying attention to him. I mean, I haven't been paying attention in general. To well, me. I was a, I was an Elizabeth Warren fan, but she's fading. So I don't know. I, I'm still a, a Elizabeth fan. Bernie. I'm still a Bernie fan. Um, because I know Bernie? that like, I know Bernie's on the other side. He is, he's awfully socialist for people or better yet, according to Sun Life, you know, those, he's a communist. So, um, Look, no, I'm, I'm a so, socialist. I love, I love Bernie's ideas. Yeah. I'm a socialist. I don't think Bernie can get elected. No, not I, with too no. many people. There are too many things to attack him at, with that are too easy for dumb people to listen to. Although I will say he could get elected if people actually went out to vote. 
you know, yes. like the people who would vote for him if they really did go, go out and vote. Because I think in some people's cases, even though they're like, oh, yeah, I agree with him, they just don't go out to vote. Plus, plus I, have to, I have to admit, I don't really like listening to Bernie talk because <laughs> he seems so old. Yeah, he does. He's so old. And every time he'll talk for like, you know, like a minute or two, and it just makes me feel old. <laughs> me feel like I'm about to die. Oh, my gosh. Bernie? Well, Sit down, take a load off, watch some TV. So with Pete, I I still feel very much like he's too young. I'm like, I know you can run at 35 to be president, but you've not lived enough life at 35. I mean, you know, now that I'm knocking at 40's door, I'm like, no, no, you need more of life behind you before you do that. So I'm like, you know, if you're in your 40s, okay, I buy it. I mean, he's 38, but I'm like, he yeah. still feels too young. And I mean, I don't know if it's that because it's juxtaposed against Elizabeth and Bernie. Um, but I, I don't think he has enough and experience. Joe. Well, yeah, and Joe, <laughs> keep forgetting. He, he doesn't have enough for me. Um, yeah. I, I, it is sad that, that Elizabeth is starting to fade, that kind of thing. But um, I am hoping that there'll be a resurgence, whether it be for her or that there's a continued, um, you know, love of Bernie. But I don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a Bloomberg fan. Well, I, I was. I was gonna say that I think it's interesting how someone with that kind of money can just walk in. <laughs> And be like, oh yeah, by the way, now I'm running, and I have the, so much money, I can just buy all of these national ads. I can just, you know, I mean, he is, he is what Donald Trump pretends to be as far as having money. Um, yeah. But I'm not buying it either. Like the commercials I've seen, you know, he's used stuff with, um, with Obama, and I'm like, is Obama supporting what? And Kay was like, no, 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 you know, like I think they had gotten they'd gotten together on some stuff before but it's right. not like obama's saying yeah he's endorsing um bloomberg because i'm like that would that's just weird yeah he hasn't come out and endorsed anybody officially and he shouldn't i mean i think that yeah. it's good that he does not because i mean you know it's kind of a rock and a hard place you know because for as many people who love obama and who who would vote for who he would support there's still because of the stigma that drove all these people over to Trump as far as Obama, you know, yeah, I'm like, he's no, still no, no. Black. yeah, it's like, yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. Yes. <laughs> so. I mean, that's, that's the worst thing he ever did was be black. <laughs> no, exactly. So, um, I am, so I don't know yet. I mean, I'm going to vote for ultimately whoever it is that's on the democratic ticket, not because I'm saying, Oh, I'm a Democrat. It's because I'm definitely not a Donald Trump supporter. You are a Democrat. I mean, I used to be a, a Republican for years. Yeah, but then you wised up, and now you're a Democrat. But I didn't. I didn't change. I didn't switch over party lines until Obama, and it wasn't because he was black. Um, no, but it's it's because the Republican Party is what you were saying about the Democratic Party is true of the Republican Party. The modern the, Republican Party is not the Republican Party of your parents or right. your grandparents. Right. That's, that's very true. And what they, I swear, every time people say conservative, I always think radical because I've never yeah. heard of a conservative pundit or whatever that didn't have, didn't spew stuff that made no sense. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, so yeah, it's, I, it's, it's like Dr. King said, right. Mm -hmm. 
that you know the difference between a just law and an unjust law because a just law is designed to raise people up. Mm -hmm. Unjust law is designed to keep people down. And it's the same thing with political parties. If your platform is all designed to keep certain people down, you are a morally unjust party. Sure. And if all I hear from you is how certain people don't need to be in the country, certain people don't need to be getting married, certain people don't need to be, you know, in office because they, you know, they might be Muslim spies, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, all I hear about is, you know, don't trust anybody except Whitey, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I made the mistake um, a couple days ago. I was looking at the whole, what is it, the Roger Stone thing. And and um, yeah. I just, I mean, I, I, even while I was reading it, I was like, why did I click on this article? Because I already know that I'm going to be mad. And sure enough, I was yeah. just so pissed off. I was like, yeah, I'm done. I mean, because I've been deliberately just avoiding any politics stuff, anything to do with the presidency. I'm like, I cannot. I just can't. Because, I mean, it really is like hell in a handbasket kind of thing. I'm like, I don't understand how a party <laughs> can continue to support someone who is so unlike the party and who is clearly wanting to be what a king or a dictator or whatever it is that he feels like he is and they're allowing that behavior to, to you know they're accepting that behavior and they're just towing the line and i'm like that's don't get it if, yeah. if obama had done any of these things, mm -hmm. they would not have hesitated a moment to want him out of office but with trump it's all like you know he's god's pick you know oh, he, <laughs> God, God loves sinners. He, he's, he's changing, you know, and it's like, what, what, what have you seen that makes you think he is changing? Nothing. Nothing. No, he's getting worse. He's doubling down, tripling down on bad behavior. Yeah. That's it. So, and you know, so, I, I, I love it when they, they drink, bring out, forgive me for saying so these, these little uncle Tom's every now and then, right. <laughs> and say, Oh, look, here's a black person who likes Trump. See some black people like Trump. Well, they did that in the Super Bowl. The, the commercial yeah, yeah. for there, Trump was a black person that they used. There, there are some black people who hate black people. Mm -hmm. I've met them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there are black people who don't like black people. So just because black people, you know, are racist against other black people doesn't mean that Trump's okay. Right. Yeah. Trump is not okay on any day, period. No. So... So I, I realized that I'm, I'm trying to speed things along. I was, I'm starting to get all comfortable in the conversation. I realized, oh, yeah, I have to go pick up my groceries. So um, <laughs> I ordered I my groceries recently. today. Yes, yes, go ahead. Uh, Birds of Prey was awesome. I loved it. Don't believe the stuff about it being a bomb. It's already made its uh, budget back, and it's going to end up making two or three times its budget, and there'll be a sequel. Oh, okay, because yeah, I did see that headline that it was apparently. Yeah, it only made thirty-three million U.S. the first weekend. It's yeah, because it like made five point eight or something million. the first night, or I don't yeah, know. it's only made one hundred eighty-five million, you know, internationally. <laughs> all that kind of stuff, but but the budget was eighty million. Okay, okay. Um. So yeah, it's it's fine. Uh. Anyway, I did also see Sonic the Hedgehog this past week. Mm-hmm. I um, saw on Facebook had the largest opening of it. any. 
Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, you know, Damn. like on my Xfinity, when you when it goes into kind of screensaver mode, it pops up with yeah. like the top news. And yeah, they did talk about how it made like fifty eight or something million at the okay. whatever. Yeah, it, at the time. it ended up making over sixty million for the four day weekend. And wow. I, and I have to say, when we went to see it on a Saturday morning at eleven forty five, um, the theater was about three quarters full. That's insane. Um, now it doesn't have much, you know, competition from a family movie standpoint. Mm-hmm. But there were, I mean, it was packed. And, and I think the adults actually thought it was funnier than the kids. Um, there, were, there were several things that I just thought were hilarious. Well, um, it's funny because you're saying as far as... I've seen uh, anything with uh, What's-His-Name in it in years that I actually liked him in. Um, oh, What's-His-Name? Jim, uh, Jim Carrey. Oh, okay. Oh, Dude, yeah, yeah, that's funny true. In it. Yeah. I haven't seen him in anything recently. I know he has this show. What is it? Kidding, but it's weird. Um, I know it's too weird for me to watch. Um, so interestingly enough, uh, you're saying there's not a lot in terms of the movies right now that's out for like family stuff. And I was looking before the the show. I always look right before to see what's showing the next week, and I'm like, yeah, no, there's nothing out that I'm like I really want to go see. So when Gwen comes back, we had talked about seeing me going over to her house to so that we could see um suicide squad so i'm going to do that lately i've been doing a lot of tv watching instead of movies generally speaking when Kay comes home we binge a lot of the like the us shows Mm-hmm. So i've gotten caught up on um sanditon which of course is you know, based on a book yeah on anyway will and grace we watched six episodes new amsterdam we watched four episode um last week tonight came back so we of yeah. course watched it i love last week tonight i i i'm like that is the only way i want my news <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. um i got caught up with my american greed because that's one of my guilty pleasures as well as manifest there was six episodes so that we you know since again it's an, a we show i just sat on the dvr i finished all nine seasons of doc martin so that's 70 episodes in less than two weeks so so yeah i i um (laughs) that is my life is i'm in the office or if i'm in my bedroom i am just binge watching a lot of television and i've been doing a lot more reading as well so i'm trying to stick to the whole um read a book a month so uh, each night i'm trying to read an uh, an actual chapter so i can get that done All right. Yeah. Keep going. Um, keep going. <laughs> I just want to mention Robbie Williams. Uh, just welcome child number four. I didn't realize they were having another one. I must not. Well, have been you know the last, attention. the last few. Um, at least the last two. Were they surrog- by a surrogate? Or surrogate. Yeah. Um, That's so the Hollywood I, way of having children. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like when you're tired, like the do the Car- the Kardashian method, have the first yeah. couple, and then it's like, yeah, no, I'll farm that out. <laughs> But this one's a little boy. Oh. I haven't heard the name, but uh, yeah, they have a, a new child. So is it, do they have two boys, two girls, or is it? Uh, yeah, I think that is it. I think it's two boys, two girls. Okay, all right. I will look while you're uh, talking cool. about Cool, yeah, so my thing, um, I, of course. Oh, Michael Vick. Yes, part of my guilty pleasure stuff is I love watching sports documentaries. Like, love it, literally just. I could watch those things all day. Um, 
So I saw the 30 for 30. It was actually a two-parter, which is, you know, not common for, for the 30 for 30 series. So I think the first one was like an hour, uh, an hour and a half. And the other episode was also like an hour and a half. So. All right. I'm going to interrupt um, you. Okay. All right. So the child was uh, born via the same incredible surrogate as their third child, Coco. Mm -hmm. uh, the new one is Bo Benedict Antoven Williams. What the hell? Yeah. Um, so this is, um, all right. Yeah. So they have daughter Theodora, mm -hmm. uh, daughter Coco, son Charlie, mm -hmm. Charlton, but they call him Charlie. And now, uh, this new one, Bo. Bo. Yeah. Is it spelled at least Bo, like the French way of Bo? Yeah. Well, it's okay. B-E-A-U. Right. Which is French. Yeah. Yeah. And not just the B-O. But, no. and I mean, it, it, it's cool he has four names because that's the English tradition. I have four yeah. names. My brother has four names. You um, only have four names? Only, well, I mean, you know, the other one, the, the last one is, okay, I had four names for a long, <laughs> long time, and now I have five. But anyway, getting back to Vic, um, it was, I, I went into it thinking one way. And of course, by the end of it was like, hmm, okay. Like I, I had a lot of just my own misconceptions about Michael Vick and I'm not saying he's this amazing human being or anything like that. Um, but I think that he is of course human and it was really great just seeing kind of like a comeback story. So obviously, you know, I think, and they noted that whenever you hear Michael Vick's name, you're always going to think, the dog scandal of course right. um but in terms of what he did for even the city of atlanta um the for football um they were saying that you know he basically changed what a quarterback looks like um not just the fact that he's black obviously because it <laughs> typically speaking you're gonna have a white white quarterback but they're saying too like you know whenever they describe a quarterback there's the way that a white quarterback is described which is they often use you know like leadership and those types of words right. and for a black one it's athletic athleticism speed that you know so it's like it's interesting the the types of words used to describe each but you know he came into the game um and completely changed what a quarterback does um I know that they were talking about there were periods where it's like, he's not a quarterback. He's a running back. He's a, you know, um, and so different rules that are like, you know, but he changed, he changed the game and it was really cool seeing a lot of the flashback stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, again, at the end of the day, people make mistakes and, you know, I, I can, it, it's interesting to know that he was able to come back from such a scandal and play again in the NFL. And I mean, if, if it wasn't, and I think that if it, if it wasn't for the fact that he was extremely talented, they would have just been like, yeah, you're done. But yeah. I mean, he was, you know, I mean, during his time, he was football. Um, you know, he was, what, he was the epitome of, of NFL. Um, they were talking about, you know, he had really great appeal as far as, you know, of course, on the field, he was doing like all these, these huge ads. Um, and he also had the crossover appeal as far as, you know, 
looking good, you know, and, but anyway, so it, again, I just like the documentary aspects of it. I will watch almost any sports documentary. And this I, one I just found to be really interesting. I have mixed feelings about mm-hmm. I mean, and rightly so. Um, I did watch a documentary this week that I would highly recommend, um, which is the uh, Taylor Swift documentary that's on Netflix. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's called Miss Americana. Um, okay. It's very, very good. Uh, really shows you a lot about her and, you know, her coming out and, as a more political person. Mm-hmm. She also talks about her uh, eating disorders. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, when she was so thin, um, she said she never would have told anybody she had an eating disorder because she didn't think she had one. <laughs> she would have told people, no, I just exercise a lot. And she said she did exercise a lot, but she also didn't eat. Right. And, um, you know, and, you know, she was just talking about how, you know, that at that time she was like, you know, a size two or whatever. And now, you know, there are people online who say she's fat because she's like a size six, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, but just... Yeah, but she's, you know, it's just interesting. And she talks about how she, through her life, has always been very dependent on people's approval mm-hmm. and how hard it was for her, you know, when eventually, of course, everybody turns on you, you know, there, that happened for her a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, it's, uh, suddenly they start saying terrible things about you, you know. Um, but it's, it's very good. It's very interesting. Uh, I would highly recommend it. I'll watch that. I'll probably watch that tonight then because I'm trying still, of course, during the week to not do too much in the way of like a lot of television watching. So like last night, I didn't watch any television, you know, having spent the weekend mostly watching TV, uh, you know, I've got a detox. (laughs) So um, I will limit myself to no more than maybe two hours of television during, you know, during the weekdays. Mm-hmm. So I will, I think that said that that was an hour and 26 minutes or something. So after I go and pick up my groceries, which I got to go do and um, get them all packed away, I guess I'll watch it and maybe I'll be able to talk about it next week. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, I just want, before we leave, I just want to say one thing. Um, according to the study, the study, yeah, What's one that? in 30 people who, in the shower. What would a what? Wait, back that up. <laughs> First of all, that's that. That seems way too high. Sure, that's that has to be not way one too one out of thirty people. Surely not. That is. Oh my god. Okay, if wait a minute. One, one in a hundred. I would think really one percent of people. Uh, but one thirty seems way high. Uh, I have never pooped in the shower. Uh, Nor have I. It's never, I've never thought about it, to be honest with you. I've never thought, man, Nor I have I just <laughs> drop the deuce right here. No. But my first thought would be, am I going to have to clean up that shit off the, because, you know, what makes you, th- I don't know. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because I don't, in a shower, I don't think, it's one thing if you pee in the shower, okay? I mean, I know that yeah. can sometimes happen, fine. Right. Like, to me, it's not, it's not a big deal. It's like water, pee is water, but Going pooping drain, yeah. in pooping. the shower? That's nasty. Why? I mean, if, you, if you're resorting to that, could you not walk <laughs> two steps to the toilet? Maybe, maybe, you know, they're like, oh, I'd have to dry off or whatever, but... But then, too, I mean, it, no, no, no. Yeah, one in 30, that's got to be too high. That's just got to be too one high. One in 30 people poop, and that has to be. Yeah. 
I wonder who they're they're yeah. surveying and stuff. Because yeah, I mean, I've never pooped in the <laughs> in the shower. You know, listeners look, out there, let us know: Have you pooped in the shower? In the shower? And you know, and look, maybe I have higher standards for women. Right? Yeah. Maybe I could buy one in a hundred dudes. <laughs> right. But I would think surely that no, surely like one in five hundred women. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I just can't picture a woman. I, I, I can't either. Or I just, I, I just can't imagine people doing it. Period. I could picture some dudes because some dudes, <sighs> are, you know, maybe he's a drunk, you know, <laughs> maybe, it, you know, he's doing everything in the shower. He's throwing up, pooping, everything. Right. I can get that. But I would think the number of women doing that would have to be much lower. Well, so we're going to leave our audience on that note. Just yeah. think about it. Let that percolate. Let that set in for a little bit. One in 30 people poop in the shower. Shower shits. Hashtag. <laughs>